I want us to turn to the 20th chapter of the book of Joshua, please. We're going to read verse 1 and then verses 7 and 8 from the Living Bible. Joshua chapter 20, verse 1, and then verses 7 and 8. There's some names in here that I know you're going to not have any problem with. Let's just jump off and, and go. Then the Lord said to Joshua, let's read together. The Lord said to Joshua, tell the people of Israel to designate now the cities of refuge as I instructed Moses. The cities chosen as cities of refuge were Kedesh of Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, also known as Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. The Lord also instructed that three cities be set aside for this purpose on the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho. They were Besser, in the wilderness of the land of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth of Gilead, in the territory of the tribe of Gad, and Golan of Bashan in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. Now you have probably never heard a message preached from these scriptures. In fact, this is probably the first time you've ever read these scriptures together. I'm, I know you've read them on your own, but together as a congregation. Oh, there is such incredible insights in these passages that we're going to share. Lord, feed us. Lord, impart your word to us. We're ready, God. Holy Spirit, open our understanding in these moments. Thank you. Thank you for the city of refuge. Thank you so much. And we give you praise. Thank you for these amazing moments we've shared together in celebration Thank you for these 21 days that we've pressed through in prayer and fasting. Thank you for all that you have for us in this amazing year of 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a phrase in verse 8, which we read together, that I want to just introduce or take a moment to introduce where we're going today. This phrase in verse 8 says, cities are to be set aside for this purpose. Cities be set aside for this purpose. Everybody say purpose. I want to tell you everything God does, He does with a purpose. He does on purpose. There's no accident with Him. God has a purpose. And these cities that we read about, God said they're to be set aside for this purpose. I want to define the word purpose. Other translations use the word designate or appoint. And in fact, that's what this word means, an appointed place. An appointed place. The purpose will be found in this appointed place. There's a purpose for this place to be appointed. In fact, the root word 
to meet or to assemble together. Cities be set aside for this purpose. A place appointed to meet, assemble together. And there's an incredible meaning to engage. To engage. A place appointed to engage. Cities set aside for this purpose. An engagement. And if you study it even further, it also means to engage to marry. I like that. Come on, let's get married at church. God has always had two things. God has always had two things. From the beginning of time that we know it, God has always had two things, a people and a place. God has always had a people and a place, an appointed place and an appointed people. A place appointed to run to. Even from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God had a place. The Bible says he would come and he would speak with them or walk with them in the cool of the day. An appointed place. An appointed people. The church in the wilderness, as it's known, God had the place, the tabernacle, the appointed place where he would come and dwell between the cherubims on the mercy seat. God has always had a people on a place, a place to meet with him, a place to engage with him. A place appointed that we can run to and be safe. In his presence, church, that's our safe place. If you want to find a safe place, get into the presence of God. It's a safe place. It's where we, God's people, encounter breakthroughs. I wish I had time to go through this, but Every person you read in the New Testament who fled to Jesus, who ran to Jesus, got their breakthrough. When they would cry out, he would stop and call them to himself. People who fled to Jesus encountered breakthroughs. This is why God required that cities of refuge be appointed or this was their purpose. So that the one who's guilty, the one who's in trouble, can run and find a safe place. And these cities of refuge, they had to be close by. They could not be far away. They had to be local. They had to be centrally located as well as they extended to the borders of the nation. So that the one seeking asylum, seeking a safe place would not have to go far. I begin a study of these six cities. I begin to study them quite intensely. And I found out something most interesting. By the placement of these six cities, three on the east side of Jordan, three on the west side of Jordan, 
by their placement, no matter where you were, if you were an Israelite in Israel, in the nation, if you were an Israelite, you would never be more than 38 kilometers from the nearest city of refuge. No matter where you traveled in the nation, no matter at any point, at any time where you were, you were never more than 38 kilometers. They had to be places nearby that you could run to. They extended right through to the borders of the nation as well so that those who were in need, those who were in trouble, could go and find their help, go find their breakthrough. Today I want to continue ministering on Breakthroughs Extended. Breakthroughs Extended, 2024, everybody. Breakthroughs Extended. The six cities of refuge, I want to focus on them for a few moments. They present us with two beautiful pictures or portraits. We understand that The scriptures, the Old Testament, it's types and shadows of the new. In fact, in the old, you can find Jesus in every book of the the Old Testament, a type of Christ. And there are two beautiful portraits or pictures that the six cities of refuge represent or present And the first picture is of our Lord Jesus. The first picture is of our Lord Jesus and is hidden for us to unveil. The cities of refuge are shadows that point to the substance, that point to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are shadows that point Christ himself. And this is an amazing study. I've spent hours going through the cities of refuge and studying, and I just, so much that we could share, but I just want to focus on a couple of things today. First, the city of refuge points to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, Christ is concealed. In the New Testament, Christ is revealed. So we can go through the cities of refuge and we can can allow the Holy Spirit to help us understand. And one of the greatest ways to see Jesus in the cities of refuge is to understand the meanings of their names, the city's names. And this is why I invited us today to read together these passages, giving us the names of the six cities because these names depict and are such a beautiful portrait of Jesus Christ. And so I want to present them. The the cities of refuge are truly a type of Christ and their names are so significant in that connection as we're about to see. Beautiful type. The cities of refuge, they reveal that Christ Jesus, the meanings of the names of these cities reveal that Christ is indeed our city of refuge to whom the condemned and the guilty 
may flee for sanctuary. And we come to realize that in the meaning of their names. First, we'll start with the west, the cities west of Jordan. The first city was Kadesh, which means holiness. Kadesh. These are the three cities of refuge west of the Jordan. And the first is Kadesh, holiness. Holiness. The second is Shechem. Shechem is strength. Shechem means strength. The third is Kirijoth Arba or Hebron, which means fellowship. Fellowship. So these are the cities. These are the names of the cities that the fleer would flee to, would run to. Holiness, strength, fellowship. That's west of the Jordan. East of the Jordan, you have Bezer, which is safety. Bezer is safety. That's the meaning of the name of that city. Ramoth Gilead means uplifting. Uplifting. Golan means happiness. Happiness. Christ Jesus provides every blessing suggested by the names of these cities in Christ alone. Come on, he is our place of refuge. He is our high tower, our city of refuge. The Bible says the righteous run into him and are safe, are set aloft, and thereby we are brought into a place of holiness before him, having received strength and happiness and fellowship, a place of safety, being lifted up, out of, our, out of the miry clay, lifted up out of our bondage and our sin and our feet set on a straight path because we made a choice to run to Jesus. The second picture portrayed in the city of refuge is that of Christ's church. First of Christ and then Christ's church. For it is impossible to separate Christ from his church. Christ came to this earth for one purpose. Remember the word purpose. These cities are to be set aside for this purpose. Christ came to this earth for one purpose, and that is the church, to build his church, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. That's his purpose in coming. So the city of refuge stands, yes, for Jesus Christ, preeminence in all things. But you cannot separate Christ from his church. So the cities of refuge portray the church of Jesus Christ in the earth. All the cities, and the way we know this is by studying, again, some more of the background of these cities. And let me share a couple of more details with us. All the cities of refuge, all six of them, they belonged to the Levites. All cities of refuge belonged to the Levites. The Levites were the ones who best understood the law of God. Thus, they were able to impartially or impartially examine and justly determine the causes of every individual who fled to that city 
they would be met by the Levites. In fact, you will find as you study, the Levites would gather together and they would welcome, they would bring this individual who would flee to the city because the Levites understood the law, the law of God, and they were well-versed and well-equipped to be able to properly examine, and they did so with impartiality, and they could justly determine the cause of who fled, of those who fled to the city without being biased because they were committed to the law of God. And so they, they were not plagued with any bias to any affection or to any corrupt interest. They were men of integrity. They were men that were focused on the welfare according to the law of God and what God had decreed for the individual fleeing to that city. He would be met by a Levite or Levites who would receive him and had a heart to dig into his background and into his situation, who had a heart to care for. In fact, it was such an advantage to the individual who was fleeing to the city of refuge because upon entrance to the city, he would be met by the Levites, the servants of God's house, who would be there with him. And they would begin to pray with him. And they would begin to instruct him. They would help him find a place to live. They would help him find a place to dwell. They gave priority to every person fleeing into the city. What a beautiful, beautiful picture and type of the church of Jesus Christ. Our safe place where we run to and we run first and foremost to Jesus, the head of the church. But Jesus has set into the church such as it has pleased him. Apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers and evangelists, those who have versed and prepared and trained and readied themselves, called of God to meet the individuals who are coming and take them and having the heart to instruct them, having the heart to train them. Insight begins this afternoon. Having the heart to see them dwell, to see them settle into the city, to represent them, to pray with them, to walk with them because they're in trouble, because they're in need. What a powerful, powerful portrait of the church of Jesus Christ and what it is meant to be in the earth. This is God's plan. Not only that, but because of the reputation of the Levites, because, listen, because of their reputation with the people, because of the reputation that the Levites had with the people, and because of their good counseling, they would seek not only to settle the one who has fled to the city, but should there be anyone who's coming after them, anyone who is seeking revenge, anyone who is trying to enter that city, who might be inclined to follow the fleer and to kill him, he, that individual seeking revenge 
would be met by the Levite. And the Levite would stand his ground because according to the law of God, the city of refuge was provided so that the fleer could have a fair trial, that the fleer could have be instructed, that the fleer could come to understanding, that the fleer's case could be thoroughly examined. And so should there be anyone who would try to come in after the one who has fled, he would be met by the Levites who would seek to restrain the revenger, who would seek to hold back the revenger, who would keep the revenger at bay. Come on. What am I saying? It was the local city of refuge, the safe place. The safe place. It had to be local. It could not be a far, a far away. It was a place of protection. It was a place of breakthrough. People were there. Levites were there. The city was prepared to receive the individual, to help the individual get to his breakthrough. Come on. It's what Christ is the head of and where the might and the strength of God's power is worked through his body. It is the church of Jesus Christ, the family of God in the earth, the community of believers, fellowship of the brethren. Breakthroughs are extended and will be extended to us, number three, by returning to the refuge. Returning to the refuge, which we began this past Sunday, and we will conclude today. And we're going to get very practical in the next few moments. And we're going to talk about how do we return to the refuge? How do we return to the refuge, that place of safety, that place of protection, that place of breakthrough, that place where God's hand of mercy and justice is extended to us, God's family in the earth, come on, to which we belong, the planting, we have been planted in the house of the Lord the place where God has caused us to dwell. We've been given a habitation. Come on, we have a family extended to us to which we belong. So we've got to understand and we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to help us grasp how do we return to the refuge. I want to just talk to us for the next few moments that I have with you. And I pray that as I do, you will fall in love once again, first and foremost with Jesus Christ, and that you will fall in love again with the church, with the family of God, that you will fall in love again with the family of God in the earth, the community of the saints in Jesus' name. And that if there's any area in your life that you've stepped away from the refuge, any area of your life that you have moved back and you've become a bit suspicious or perhaps you've been wounded or whatever's transpired that's caused you to move away from the city of refuge, I'm praying in these moments, come on, as we begin 2024, uh, breakthroughs extended to us this year that I, I believe God wants to do something supernatural through us, a church, through us, the city of refuge here. How do we return to the 
refuge. First, silence the lie of the enemy. Silence the lie of the enemy. The enemy is very invested in you not being in community. The enemy is so invested in you not being in community. And he will do everything he can from distractions to debates to keep you from running to the refuge, to keep you from continuing to connect to your community where God has placed you. Oh, how we need to learn in this hour to silence the lies of the enemy that have risen in the earth against the church, against the church. There's so much that's going on in the church. And if you look at it long enough, indeed, you can get disappointed. You can get disappointed and you can step back and say, is it really worth it? And you hear and you see all the things that are seemingly happening around it and, and the attack that is upon the church and, and the lie of the enemy is to, is to get you to flee from the city of refuge. This is what the enemy is after. The, the enemy hates, Satan hates the church. He hates the, this living organism called the church. He hates it. And he will do everything in his power to destroy it. And he lies. He will do everything in his power to keep you from running to the refuge. He will seek to get you to run from the refuge. There is a lie and an attack against the church because Satan wants us vulnerable and he wants us disconnected. See, that's all he has to start with is to get us to disconnect. And disconnect is two words. Dis and connect. He wants you to dis the church. That's really what he's after. And he will feed you all kinds of rubbish to get you to dis the church, to dis God's people, to dis another member in the body to diss another uh, fleer who has fled to the city of refuge. He will get you to diss from her, from him, from them. And he will tell you all kind of lies. All it does, listen to me, if you listen and if you connect with the lie, all it does is it hinders your breakthrough. There is a deception that we are better off independent. There is a deception that says we are better off independent. We don't need others. We can do church on our own. Come on, we have YouTube. We have all we need. We don't, we're better off independent. We can do better without. Oh, come on. This is our city of refuge, everybody. The cities of refuge represented there are two types, shadows, portraits, pictures. First, Christ Jesus is the city of refuge. Secondly, his church. You cannot separate Christ from his church. The church is the city, the local church. It's the local community where you belong. It's where every one of us must be. And we cannot allow the enemy 
his voice to diss us. It's more than attending services, everybody. God wants us in and active within the family. It's more than attending services and showing up. God wants us active and he wants us engaging, engaging. Come on, that's the meaning of the word purpose, to engage. And this is what, this is what it's all about. Not just a spectator, but a participator involved. Secondly, how do we return to the refuge? First, silence the lie of the enemy. Secondly, settle in and stay firm. Settle in and stay firm. Have you settled in your heart that this is where God has planted you? Have you settled it in your heart that this is the family God has planted you in? Come on, we have our Levites in place. They're well able, well versed, well knowledgeable of the Word of God to meet you, to spend time with you. But you've got to settle in. You've got to stay put. Come on, you can't be here today and gone tomorrow. Oh, I'm, I'm going to preach to you now. You know, Paul said, though you have 10,000 instructors, you have not many fathers. Can I be a father to us for a few moments today? Come on, can I talk to us like dad? God never called us to be spiritual tourists. God's heart is not that we be spiritual tourists. At this church one Sunday, at that church, ooh, I like the music over there. But I like the preaching over there. You're a tourist. Do you know that we do not build this nation with tourists? Now, we'll take all their resources, everything they want to spend while they're here, we will receive it. And if you're a spiritual tourist, we'll just go ahead. We'll receive, just give. But let me tell you something. Those tourists do not build our houses. Those tourists do not repair our roads. Those tourists do not teach our children in school. You can't build a nation with tourists. Tourists come and go. Likewise, we can't build a church on spiritual tourism. you got to stay, lock in, get settled, get committed. Come on, everybody. The city of refuge. This is God's plan. Yes, we understand we're family. And no family is perfect. We talked about this a little last week. No family is perfect. We've all been hurt by family. But as long as the place you are planted in is biblical, as long as the place you're planted in is orderly and following the pattern that God has ordained, why don't you just settle and decide, make a decision? Come on, one of our greatest needs in the earth today is people who can make decisions. Why not just decide, this is where I'm going to settle and I'm going to stay put. Listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 6, and then 13 and 14 from God's Word translation. But Christ is a faithful son in charge of God's household. We are his household. 
if we continue to have courage and be proud of the confidence we have, encourage each other every day while you have the opportunity. If you do this, none of you will be deceived by sin and become stubborn. After all, we will remain Christ's partners only if we continue to hold on to our original confidence until the end. I've just decided I'm going to hold on. Come on, I'm going to stay locked in. I'm going to stay focused. I'm not going to let someone's comment cause me to flee from the city of refuge where God has planted me. I'm not going to, to be offended at at anyone who didn't tell me that I looked good today or I like your new hairstyle. Come on, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to stay put. Listen, there are things that confirm if a church is a safe place, if we continue to have courage. Come on, when you come into this house, into the house of God, this should be a place of where you're encouraged and you receive courage. You receive strength. Come on, one of those cities of refuge, strength. Strength. Uplifting is another one. That you might be uplifted. Hallelujah. That you might be challenged in your walk of holiness. That you might be helped in your walk of holiness. Come on, that someone in the house loves you enough to get into your face. I'm going to start preaching right now. Someone cares enough for you. You're not going to get that over YouTube. Someone cares enough for you, prays for you, loves you to say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Shape up. Shape up. Come on, we're brothers and sisters. That's how brothers and sisters talk, right? Continuing to be part of the house requires a courage of conviction. It requires a courage of conviction. Come on, we're not wishy-washy here one day, gone the next. Just not sure anymore. Come on, lock in. We lose our refuge when we're not being careful with our faith. When we're not upholding the faith that we all subscribe to. Come on, we need one another. We're waging war, Paul tells us in Ephesians. We're waging war together, and we need to move together. And finally, I want to finish with the third how to return to our place of refuge. It's really not rocket science. Thirdly, show up. Show up. Show up in cells. I'm going to say that again. Show up in cells. Ministry teams. Kids house. Club 812. Third Thursday. City lights. Come on, show up. How do I return to the refuge? Show up. Run. Get there. Be there. It's only the refuge, but listen, it's up to you to make it one. It's only the refuge, but it's up to you to make it one. 
If you don't take safety, you won't be safe. If you don't take safety, you won't be safe. If you don't take protection, you won't be protected. You know something else that's pretty amazing about the cities of refuge? No one, listen to this, no one was outside of the cities of refuge beckoning others to come in. No one was outside of the cities of refuge beckoning others to come in. Those who needed it had to take the initiative to run to it and to stay in it. Those who needed the city of refuge had to take the initiative to run to it and stay in it. And you know what? Every provision was made. Remember last week, the roads were made wide. They were leveled. There were no hills. Although the cities of refuge often were placed on on hills so that they would easily be seen. But the road leading to them was flat and level. Remember the signposts at every turn? There were signposts at every crossroads. Everything is in place. But you have to take the initiative to run with it. There is something that only you can do. No one can show up for you. <laughs> So why don't you just decide to enjoy it? Attitude is everything. Why don't you decide to be all in? Some of you didn't hear me. Why don't you decide to be all in? Come on, let's don't you don't you thank God for the privilege of the blessing we've had, even as we shared communion as a family today, as a community today, aren't you blessed? If you're part of NLC, maybe you're visiting with us today, and that's so awesome. I've been really addressing the homeboys and girls, the family here at Nairobi Lighthouse Church. If you're not yet part of a local house, a local city of refuge, just continue to pray and let the Spirit of God direct you and lead you. You're not going to find a perfect church anywhere, but God by His Spirit will take you and reveal to you, show you a family to which, a spiritual family to which you can belong. Father, I want to thank you right now that our roots run deep, that our roots go down deep in this house, Father. And we just want to celebrate your goodness. Lord, should there be anyone among us in this family today, the family of NLC, who have found themselves listening to the lie of the enemy against another person or another family member. God, anyone in our service today who have just had the desire to flee from the city of refuge, to, not to flee to, but to flee from. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you really work in us, God, that you'll give us that courage of conviction to stay, to stay put, to remain settled, 
that God, you will help us. Lord, we think of Joshua upon bringing the children of Israel into Canaan, into the promised land, that, Lord, after defeating those kings, he settled every tribe, he settled every person into their possession. God, I thank you that we are settled today, and we give you the praise. We just love you so much, Jesus. We love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you're the head of the church. You're our city of refuge, Jesus. We love you so much. Lord, we thank you that the cities of refuge were so close by. And Lord, your word says that you're a very present help in the time of trouble, that you are our refuge. Everybody have an amazing week. Come on, let's go be the city of refuge. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. Let's be his people in this city, his family in the earth. Have an amazing week. God bless you.